Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Sarcasm Speaks, Jared and Bob here. Uh, out of the gate, before we talk about you know some some current events that are going on right now, especially in the NFL, uh, we got a victory lap to take. And in particular, you have a victory lap have to a fucking take. Victory lap because I'm fucking great at what I do. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to let us know? Let the people know why you got to take a victory lap. Jack Burke Jr., you're fucking done, son. Yeah, <laughs> clocked out. Nope. Three weeks into the new year, we have our first uh, first hit on the death pool. Yeah. Yeah, Jack I mean Burke Jr., hundred years old. I that's how he pretty died. pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I think it was a heroin overdose. <laughs> skydiving yeah probably fentanyl got him he was uh he was what what is it what's that um when you go on like the line like a zip any, line like, help whatever uh like you walk like uh oh like free tight, solo tight roping yeah no like the oh, free, free soloing solo is that what it's called yeah yeah oh okay i thought free solo i thought i don't know i just thought that was the name of like the movie yeah yeah he was doing that yeah <laughs> yeah slipped and fell didn't bring enough chalk for his hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I mean, that might be a record for us. That's definitely the fastest. Three weeks into for the sure. year. Yeah. Especially since we did it. I don't know. What, when did we record it? On like the 4th or the 6th? Probably maybe? two weeks ago. Two weeks ago today, the 7th. Yeah. So we did it a week late and then we hit it. Two weeks. Oh later. fuck yeah, fuck you! I hit it in two weeks then. Yeah, yeah. Didn't that's even take three. Two weeks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty fucking solid. At this at this rate, dude, we're gonna run out of fucking picks. <laughs> at this rate, where everyone's gonna be dead by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, we'll be we'll be doing another pool by July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got a second half of the year death pool. Because wait, how the how the fuck is um, oh, God, the the fucking president how the fuck is he still alive who is jimmy carter oh yeah how is he still alive i thought you were gonna say biden i should be like oh, that's a no, great question not the actual president yeah but yeah um both both would be appropriate yeah. um but yeah no jimmy carter i have no idea how the fuck yeah what are we when did his wife die was it november i want to say it was in like october or something I don't know her name. Maybe September. Is it bad is that it, I just assume her name was like Miriam or Edna? It's something like that, dude. It's like Ro Rosa Ro Rosalind. That sounds right, actually. Rosalind Carter. Yeah, Rosalind Carter. Yeah, she died November 19th. So what are we? December, January... We're just over two months, which means we have oh, shit. Okay, Probably effectively, like days. I was gonna say, at least four more months. Right? Would be well, I, I'd say six months or less. Is I'd say mean. if it's not within ninety days, then that means he's fucking fucking somebody else. <laughs> Modern science, man. <laughs> yeah, guys can do it, right? Yeah. Now Pacino just gets someone pregnant at like fucking 85 years old, whatever the yeah, fuck he, he is. He did actually. <laughs> um let's see. When did they I want to find out when they got married? It was like 70 years, dude. 1946. So, how many is that? Seventy. 
I don't know. That's a lot of, that's too much math for me. 70, 60 years, 60 years would put you at 2006. So 70 then, to 2016. What the fuck year is it? 2020. It's almost 80 fucking years. <laughs> well, technically, so technically she died in 2023, right? So we'll give her 23 minus 1946, 77, 77 years. 77 years. 77 years they were married. The average lifespan is about 77 years of a, of a male in the United States, I think is 77 years. And I think of a woman is like 79 and change. I think, I think it's come down. I think it used to be like 79 and 81. And I think over the last couple of years, it's come down a bit. Um, but yeah, it's roughly the, the average lifespan of a male in the United States, right? Like there's, there's a, a a solid chance that you and I live to be 77 and that's it. And that's how long that they were married. Yeah. <laughs> she was born in 1927. Jesus Christ. That's insane. Oh, so she wasn't even 100. No. My grandmother was born in 1921. And she died in 2015. <laughs> That's wild. She's been dead for almost 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> She's roughly the same age as this yeah. lady. When was he born? I feel like because he's... He, so he was 1924. Oh, he turns 100 this year. Okay. Yeah. I thought he already was 100. Yeah, October 1st, 1924. Oh, fuck. He's got so much time. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to pull a Betty White. He's going to kick it right before. I actually, like, so as stupid as this is, because, like, people do say that, like, it almost seems like with old people, like, when their partner goes, like, they just, like, lose the will to live. No, that is a real thing. And then it's like, he might literally be sitting there being like, just get me to 100 and he'll die fucking October 3rd. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, what's, like, I don't know, what's the point? I don't know, like, like I don't know what he wheelchair. does, man, like. You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, like, that's the thing, is, like, I don't know, do they walk him down to, like, feed the ducks? Does he like the ducks? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Give him a loaf of bread and take yeah, it to, like, to the ducks. All right, President, we're not supposed to feed these ones, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I mean, is, like, I don't know. He must only be awake for, like, eight hours a day. It has to be. It's a lot lot of work to fucking run that engine. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like he's a, I mean, I don't know how spry you can be at 100, but it's not like he's a spry 100-year-old. Like, there are those people out there, right? Like, um, was it Bob Barker is like 100 or like 98 and is like- He's like 90 and change, yeah. Again, I would call him spry for his age. Again, like he's not going to go like run a marathon and, you know, jump 40 inches on a vertical jump. But, um, you know, or even like a Clint Eastwood, I think Clint Eastwood's like 97. Like I would say he's spry for 97. Um, there was a guy came in the stop and shop one time and it's like, you know, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing great today. You know why? Why, man? Because today's my 95th birthday. I go, you're fucking, I, I probably, I probably didn't swear. I'm like, oh, you're lying to me. <laughs> And he's like, no, I'm 95. I go, you know how I go, you do understand that people come up to me with stupid shit all the time, right? 
<laughs> he go, I go, I go, you got a license on you? He goes, yep. I'm like, all right, 95. I'm like, dude, this dude could not, like, he looked like plus or minus. And some people are like, well, it's still old. I'm like, yeah. But that's like 15 years, 17 years younger. Yeah. Or he looked about 17 years younger than he was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he did. Some people got great genes, right? I think a lot of it is like the. <laughs> and some people smoke until they're 106 and still fucking live. <laughs> yeah. There was one. Um, I forget. I forget. I honestly forget whether it was a, a, a guy or a woman, um, but they one they asked somebody who was like 103 at one point, and they were like, "Oh, what's the secret to like your longevity or whatever?" And I think the person said like, "Every day since like 1977, they drank uh, a Coke heavy and uh, like a fucking uh, what's that called, like Carvassier." Like, is that oh. just cognac? I think that's cognac. Yeah. So it was like uh, Coca Cola, like straight up diesel, like not Diet Coke, like a Coca Cola and cognac every day for like fucking 50 years or whatever. <laughs> um, it's like, one, oh, okay. One, one of the guys I train, he plays golf with an old timer and he's like, he, dude, he moves well for, you know, whatever. And then the guy, the guy that I'm talking about is about 65, I think a little bit less. I think he's like 62. And he moves well for 62. So it's like when he says someone moves well for whatever age they were. Right. He goes, oh, he goes hey, how'd you get? He goes, what got you to this point? He goes, never drank cheap booze. He goes, all right, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. He goes, never. I mean, that's fair, right? When you think about like, the, oh, the, so it makes drinking the natter days that time. I was or? gonna say it makes you wonder how many years did those natter days actually take off my life? <laughs> yeah, and of how those many, eighteen how many, natter days that we drank. <laughs> how many years have I lost to Ruble, Rubinoff, <laughs> Burnett, Sailor Jerry Burnett's, uh, Admiral Nelson? Yep, Castillo. Yep, I never got a lot of cheap whiskey. I think I got it yeah. once and I couldn't drink it. I mean, Jim, does Jim Beam count? Because mm, we no. drank a lot of that in high school. I don't think that's cheap. I don't like. Shout I, out I don't to know. Bobby V. Because <laughs> it, like, obviously it's cheaper than like. But that's that's like regular booze. I'm thinking like. Yeah, it's not Canadian like Indian Club. Yeah, yeah. Seagrams. Right. <laughs> Or like whatever else type of shit you can think of. Right. Canadian it comes mist. in a plastic bottle. Yeah. That's yeah. probably the big one. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't come in a glass bottle, uh, it's probably, probably too cheap. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is like, cause like even Jim, like when we were in college, cause that's what I always go back to. It's like, yes, Jim Beam was cheap, but we still didn't buy it in college. Cause right. Admiral Nelson was 20 bucks a handle. Right. Jim Beam was like 20 bucks for a 750. Right. So yeah, it's not good. Although in a pinch, if you needed a mixer, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I mean, all those Bud Lights that we drank. I mean, if you want to go back to college, all the uh all the keystones, the bush lights, the yeah. fucking P 
PBRs. You know how many PBRs I drank in college? Dude, that won a gold medal, though. (laughs) The beer of the year in 1883. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking in high school when I used to drink like a lot of Bush Light. Yeah. So I, I drink a lot of uh, I drink a lot of high lifes. I mean, that's the champagne of beer, right? I mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, I think it's like the really cheap stuff. Like the one time I got Red Dog. <laughs> yeah, the forties, like just Bud malt ice. liquor, Old English, and fucking Cobra. Yeah, yeah. It used to be Schaefer, what, who was like. 225 for a 40 i think so something like that i mean i remember at one point it was like a dollar 75 is that when we were buying them maybe in high school yeah when i was working in high school king cobra buck 75 so i i mean i started working at the liquor store before i turned 21 yeah so i i think some of my prices might be like pre me actually being able to buy legally yeah but deal reserve, <laughs> but still, I mean, two twenty five for a fucking forty ounces of malt liquor is. Yeah, I mean, we're talking doesn't five get bucks much cheaper than that. Five bucks to get hammered. <laughs> There's a reason why fucking bums on the street drink them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're trying to yeah. just get the job done. They don't. They yeah, don't have. Like, they don't have the luxury of no, they spending don't ask money. <laughs> like, what's going to get me the most fucked up the fastest for the cheapest yep. amount of money? Steel reserve. Yep. All right. Steel reserve. It is. Here's uh, here's two dollars and fifty cents in nickels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you give homeless people money? Uh no. I never give homeless people money. No, I don't. Weren't you taught growing up, don't give homeless people money? Yeah, kind of. I mean, my dad, I was used to, my dad used to give money to the guys in Boston. Um, and like occasionally, I think his thing was like, I think he, he would give people money in the wintertime, like in Boston yeah. when it was like six degrees outside. Yeah. I think at that point it was like, I respect your hustle. Like if you are hustling me, like, cause that's the thing. Some people are legitimately homeless and like, they need that money yeah. and other people are are hustling. Yeah. So I think. I feel like the people uh, on the median outside Westgate mall in Brockton, I feel like that's a professional setup. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where in the Northeast, um, the winters are going to weed out the hustlers really quick. Right. So it's like, if you're standing outside in a six, like when the high for the day is single digits, right? Like it's six degrees outside and you're out there panhandling. Like, I think that's more likely than not. You actually do need that money. (laughs) I want to say I was also taught don't give money to the homeless people. Uh, because like as a kid, like you don't know if they're going to rob you. Right. And then I think too. There is like, so let's just, let's just like, let's just put it out in a very specific situation. A girl would be at more risk for like some level of violence from a homeless person if they actually stop and pull out their shit. Like, right. Right. And then never mind. Like, whatever you give usually isn't good enough either. Yeah. 
Now, there's also times where it's like, it's no big deal or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day because someone told... Someone someone told a story. They were like, oh, yeah. like one of the idiot kids was like, I forget where the fuck he was. He was, oh, yeah, he gave like the fucking homeless guy whatever. And he just, he literally took the money, turned around and bought a bunch of Molly with it right away. And it's like, why the fuck did you do that? Well, yeah. I thought you needed it. Like, this is why I don't give homeless people money. But then how did, how did the kid know what he bought with it? So truthfully, I don't know. I don't ask follow-up questions. Drugs? Yeah. Can I just say drugs? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He literally, he funny. literally turned around and made a drug deal. Oh, really? That's pretty yes. fucking hilarious. And uh, but I mean, like, like turn not like you know, literally, like probably like walked across. Yeah, the walked street. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, that's still pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough part, right? You don't know. Um... You don't know what's happening, either. and that's, I think Michaela gave someone a buck the other day, like outside the Burlington Mall. It's like, oh, yeah. can I, oh do you have a dollar for like so I can get a drink? I'm like, I'll just buy you the fucking drink if it's that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too, right? Like a lot of times, what you hear from people, like instead of giving money, just like give them something, right? Like go get yeah. them. Like I know, um, um, one of the guys I used to work with <clears throat> at Compass, because obviously we dealt a lot with like. Not necessarily the the panhandler guys, but like that type of person, right? Like there's a reason why we're, we would work with these families, right? Right. So one of the guys I worked with um, obviously was sympathetic to that stuff. So yep. there was, I think he lived in or yeah, around I'm also, Raintree. I'm not going to say that I'm right here. Yeah. I'm just... So- so he I'm just used to explaining um, my well, yeah, my attitude and what I was taught growing up. But he used to go to the Chipotle at the Braintree Mall, and he would give like there was a homeless guy that would hang out like somewhere around there, and he would give the guy a burrito. Yep, and like that was his thing. Like he would do that. Like probably I would say like maybe once a week, maybe twice a week. Like yep. it was just one of those things that like. He, there was this one particular guy that used to hang out near the Braintree Mall and he would always just bring a, a burrito from Chipotle. And like, that makes sense, right? Because again, you're not giving them a dollar, five, 10, 20, whatever you give them so they, they can, you know, spend it on whatever vices yeah. they might have. You're actually like providing them with a food, right? A burrito, right. which I mean, if you're talking from a pure like biological calorie standpoint, like... That burrito probably has 1,300 fucking calories. And I guess it's probably, if he's that's actually homeless, I was going to say, if he's actually homeless, that's a day's worth of food. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, that's usually a thing. And like I said, I don't, I don't usually. Yeah. It's usually, it's also usually, it's like not an issue for me because where I am, it's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I, drive by them all the time in Cambridge and Boston and, and stuff yeah. like that. They're on sidewalks and fucking walking. There's the one guy that um, he hangs out right by the expressway um, Toyota in Dorchester, oh. right on Morrissey Boulevard. And he just walks up and down that road all the time. Get a step counter on that guy. Yeah, I know. It kind of makes you wonder, like, how much money they actually might be able to pull in a day. Yeah, I don't know. 
Because aren't there like some sometimes they do like reports on these people, like professional like beggars? They, uh, yeah, I'm sure someone and, has. Like some people make like actual money. Yeah, I mean, if you're making, call it a hundred bucks a day, right? Like that's that's solid because yeah, you're not paying taxes on that, <laughs> right? You know, so you're you're panhandling a hundred bucks a day. Yeah, if you did it every day, it'd be thirty six k. Yeah, there's no way anyone can pull that off every day. No. But then, like, you run into at least in like the cities, like Boston and Cambridge. You some people might have to because they get territorial, right? They're like, "That's my fucking corner." Or, like, that's oh my, yeah, no, that's, that's my red light. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It's like the lady who used to be at the uh, the Malden <clears throat> train station. Yeah, <laughs> she'd fucking beat the hell out of the other bums that showed up. Yeah. Yeah. She was brutal. <laughs> now I never went to the Malden train station, but I knew people who had video of it. Yeah, I've I've I never went there either, but I heard stories. I mean, I always just went to Wellington because it yeah. was literally right next to my house. Yeah, she'd like spit in people's faces and beat the fuck out of them. Yeah. It was Oak Grove, right? No, I think it was Mal it wasn't Malden. Was wait, what what was the Malden train station? Was it Oak Grove? Um well there's two. Or was it Malden? Malden? There's ah, two. shit, I don't know. Uh, now that I think of it, there might be three. Because I think shit, Malden Center, really? Malden Center might be the commuter rail. Oh. Yeah, this and was definitely Orange Line. Oak Grove was the Orange Line. And then um, maybe there was, maybe it was Malden Center also for the MBTA. Yeah, it was definitely Orange Line. I know that. Yeah. I don't know how easily I'd be able to uh Yeah, so it, it there is two. It's Oak Grove and Malden Center. For the Orange Line. Uh fun fact, speaking of the Orange Line, um I drove by the Forest Hills train station um like last week or 2 weeks ago for the first time ever. Like literally ever. I've so this anyone listening is like, yeah, what's the fucking significance of this? Um, well, growing up in Medford, being right on the orange line, like I like I said, I grew up right next to the Wellington train station. The um the trains are named for the end location, right? Yeah, so that was if the destination, if the train is is going into Boston, right, for us, right? Because we lived outside of Boston. So if the train was going into Boston, it would say Forest Hills. And if it was leaving Boston, it would say Oak Grove because that would go to Malden. So forever, my entire life, it was always, oh, you take the Forest Hills train. But, you know, you get off wherever you need to, whether it was North Station or Haymarket or, you know, Park Street to switch over, whatever, whatever you needed to do. It was always like, oh, you just take the Forest Hills train to go in and you take the Oak Grove train to go home. And so again, my whole life growing up, always Forest Hills, Forest Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And I just drove by the train station for the first time ever, like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, holy shit, that's actually a really big train station. Have you ever been there? Never been to it. I've driven by it like two or three times. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. Yeah. When you drive by it, it's huge. My big question the last time though is, where do you park? Yeah, I don't know if question. it has like a garage or something. 
They must have yeah. something somewhere. There's got to be. It looks something. too big to not have anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. For years, Leechmere had nothing. So, but Leechmere, <laughs> Leechmere wasn't that big. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was random. I thought it was uh, just one of those things. It's funny. Anyone that's not from Medford is like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Or I would say anyone that's not from the Boston uh, along the orange line <laughs> route means nothing. Yeah, if to you didn't them. take the orange line, it means nothing to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got going? Oh, I mean, we got some football going on. We don't have to talk a ton on football because it's. Uh, I missed. Did did uh, Kansas City just score? Or is it still three three? Uh, right next should to be ten three. Buffalo scored. Buffalo scored. Okay. I don't know so, what Kansas City's doing right now. So we've got um, we've got the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Uh, what everyone saw coming, right? Everyone saw the Lions there. I mean, most people did see the 49ers there. I think since probably midway through the season i think the 49ers have been the odds favorite odds on favorite to win the super bowl um so it's um, no surprise there there was a time so when they lost to the ravens they weren't anymore but yes okay. for most of the year they 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 were once the eagles started looking very mediocre yeah yeah um so yeah i mean no real surprise there that the 49ers are are in the the conference championship but um, there's a legitimate chance that the Lions could go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm very curious. So the line opened seven. I would love to know where people's heads are at. I took it at I, seven. I took it immediately because now it's down to six and a half. Ooh, really? Yeah. So people are taking the Lions. Yeah. But it got hit right away. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is like Detroit is very good against the run, right? And the the crux of a Kyle Shanahan offense is running the ball, right? Like that's what they do, like best. They they run the ball to set up the pass, right? They do a lot of play action, um, you know. They, I, I don't know a ton about the Lions' defense, whether they play a lot of zone or man, but I know the, um, you know, with the 49ers, they eat up the zone defense, right? Because you get guys like Debo and Ayuk that are really good wide receivers that can find the holes in the zone and just kind of sit there. And, you know, they're just, they always seem to be open and Purdy just kind of gets them the ball. Um, so again, I don't know like if the Lions play more man defense or more zone defense or what have you, but um, I know they're one of the best in the league against the run, and the 49ers like to run the ball. Um, so stylistically, it's a tough matchup to quote uh, Ian Mac Betts, uh, our buddy there from the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, stylistically, the matchup is there, right? Um, now, I don't know if I really think the lions are going to beat the 49ers, but if you're going to give me a touchdown, 
um, I think I would take that. I think I would take the points, right? Again, assuming, you know, I mean, McCaffrey, it looked fine in this past week, but he he didn't play for two weeks, right? They had the bye, so that's fine. But he sat out in week 18 because he was a little banged up. Um, now Debo Samuel's out with a shoulder injury. We don't know if he's going to be available next week. Um, yeah, George Kittle looked really good yesterday in that game, but his nickname is brittle Kittle, right? Like he's always one hit away from getting hurt. So you have Brandon Ayuk that you can actually rely on, who is a legitimate bona fide, very good wide receiver in the NFL. There is no, like, did he make all pro? Yeah. I don't know. He's not that good. Yeah. Was it all pro or pro bowl? If it's Pro Bowl, I'm not surprised. I think he made All-Pro. Hmm. I mean, he might have crazy stats this year because Debo was out for a lot of the year. So he was their number one wide receiver. Um, but yeah, I mean, the 49ers defense, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're fucking solid. They're, they have the best... Like, it's not, a, it's not even up for argument. They have the best front seven in the NFL. Second team all pro. They're se- they're secondary. Meh. Leaves a little bit to be desired. But Ward's, you can Ward's you can good. you can He's get away too. Oh really? Yeah, Traver Travarius Ward. Yeah. Um, but you can get away with a meh secondary when your front seven is as good as as theirs is. Um well, because they all they now they don't have to they just rush four. Well, yeah, that's that's what I mean. So they rush, they rush for drop everybody else. Fred Warner can actually run. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a tough matchup for. Um, it's a tough matchup for both offenses, right? It's it's tough for San Francisco because Detroit is again stylistically they're they're good at stopping what the 49ers are are good at. And it's tough for the Detroit offense because the 49ers defense is just a fucking juggernaut. So, I mean, it could be a a 16-14 game, right? Like a 16-10. Like it it could be uh, a relatively low-scoring game. Plus, you also have, I mean, I don't get the hate on Brock Purdy. I know he was Mr. Irrelevant. Um, and people like to shit on him for, for being, uh, literally the last pick in the NFL draft. But I mean, I don't think he's a bad NFL quarterback, right? Like I, I don't, I don't get the hate really when it oh. comes to him, but is he, I mean, is he, uh, is he a tier one or tier two quarterback in the NFL? No, he's not, but my under- it doesn't mean my understanding, sucks. my understanding of the hate is due to people's belief that he's not special. Yeah. Because Which I don't think he's special. I just think Jimmy he's, before. he's good. Yeah. And this is the thing people like people forget. They're like, you know, people forget. Yeah. Uh, there were times where these 49er teams did not play well when the likes of Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard. Yeah. I don't think Blaine Gabbert was under Shanahan. I think he was gone by then. Yeah, because I don't think Shanahan ever had Kaepernick, right? No, that was Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah, and then, like, because Blaine Gabbert was the backup to Kaepernick. 
so and yeah, then, it was like it was Bethard, Mullins. Who went in after Harbaugh? Was it Tom Sula? Jim Tom Sula? For a season? Wait, when did Harbaugh leave? I don't know. When was, was that Kelly when was that there. Super Bowl? 2013? That was 2012. 12? Season calendar yeah. year 13. Yeah. Might have been Chip Kelly. Oh, right. I forgot Chip, Chip Kelly was Chip Kelly coach. was the coach there, I think, in 2016. I don't know about 2015 yeah. as well. Because Singletary was before Harbaugh. Yeah. Did Tom Harbaugh. Sula get did Tom Sula maybe get a year in like 2015, then Chip Kelly in 2016, and then they brought in Shanahan? Yeah, that sounds like it could be right. Um it doesn't matter. But either way, so but I think like because like a lot of like oh the system quarterback thing, it's like, well, yeah, well, if you have a complete moron trying to run the system, it doesn't work. Like Brian Hoyer didn't fucking run the system. Right, right. Couldn't right. do it. Yeah. And then, like, people think, like, I don't know why people still think Sam Darnold's good. Like, he's never been good. No. Ever. Nope. So why the fuck, it, like, do you think Sam Darnold could step in and beat Brock Pur Purdy? Never mind. What fucking incentive do the 49ers have for that? Like, what does that do for them? Brock Purdy's cheap. He it doesn't get any cheaper than Brock Purdy. Right. He's literally, yeah. I mean, the only thing cheaper would be an undrafted free agent. <laughs> Sometimes undrafted guys get paid more somehow yeah, that's, because yeah. um, it's it's a weird thing. Because like, they're free to negotiate. Exactly. exactly. But the, the NFL you, draft is slotted. Yes. So like every position, you know what yes. you're going to make at every position. So there could be an undrafted guy from the same class that made more than Purdy. Right. We're right. not talking a lot, but anyway. Yeah. It doesn't get any cheaper, so why do you not want him to be the guy? Right. And like, why are, we, why are people, oh, well, Darnold's just as good. No, he's not. Yeah, Sam Darnold sucks. When the fuck did Sam Darnold ever lead a number one team in their conference? Yeah. Never. He sucks. Um, and sustained it too, right? Because Purdy did it last year and he's done it this year. Yeah, people don't. I think people. So it's don't not like, like he was like a one-hit wonder, right? Where he got hot for like a fourteen-game stretch, right? Like he's done it for two years now. Yeah, I would actually. I would. A time machine would be cool because I was only eleven when it started. But like going back and seeing what people thought of two thousand one to two thousand four, Tom Brady. Yeah, I would love to know what people said because in that era, you would have had. Like who would have been fl like flashy players would have been like Vic, Breeze, uh, Breeze McNabb was winning NFC championships. Steve McNair, Paul Pepper was putting up numbers. Brett Favre was doing his thing. Yeah, I mean Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, yep. Um, so like I don't know, do people just like not like when a quarterback doesn't make plays like Mahomes and Allen? Is that what people don't like? I don't know. Yeah, because he's boring, right? Because he's a I don't know, but I've also he's like I've an never, old school quarterback, right? He's a pocket quarterback. He's a pocket passer. But I've also yeah, he's a pocket passer, but he ain't a gunslinger, and that's like the other thing too, right? Which right now Brett Favre's catching shade because videos resurfacing from that 2009 NFC Championship <laughs> where he threw it across his body and fucking lost him the game. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I've never watched the NFL for individual players. 
it's usually like I'm looking at a team, I'm looking at a wager, right. an over, whatever. Like I've never like tuned into the Chiefs and being like, "Ooh, Mahomes." Yeah. Like when I don't like the Chiefs, I don't like anybody on the Chiefs. Right. And when I'm rooting for the Chiefs, I need them all to fucking do their fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like with San Francisco, like I mean, this is the thing is like everyone thinks that you can just like plug anybody in to those teams and have them be good. They have had really, really good players on all of their good teams. And they either didn't have good players or they had injury issues when the teams weren't good. Right. Yeah. Like that so one year, um, this would be a, a, a great episode to have Nick on the show. Shout out to Nick. Um, if you're listening right now, he'll, he, he would know obviously all these things that we're trying to say, cause he's a big Niners fan, but there was yeah. one year, I forget what year it was like 2018 or 2019, maybe where they had like nine guys on IR and then they had like 15 guys total, like miss at least like three games or something like that. It was like they're half their fucking team was injured the, in one season. It was, it was absolutely insane. But that I, mean, I think that season they might have been preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. I'm guessing that was probably 2020 then, because 2019 they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, and that's then, right. And, 2020 it would be. Tw- I, here we are. That was four years ago. I was trying to in my head. I was like, oh, it's probably like four or five years ago. <laughs> yeah. And and then they must have drafted Ayuk in 2020. Yeah, I think they did. Debo was 19, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you mean you're looking at that like, you know, you've got Debo, you've got Mostert, who then got hurt for pretty sure the entire season. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, when Mostert goes down, you've got this other guy, and he was probably hurt. I bet you it was that 2020 team, because I think they were sneaky shitty. Yeah. Uh, record-wise in this run that they've had. Because they've been to the NFC Championship every other year since 2019. But 2020, they did not. So I'm guessing that was the year where everyone was hurt. Yeah, that could be it. And Nick's sitting here like, you two are both fucking (laughs) stupid. And you couldn't be any more fucking wrong. (laughs) Yeah, he's yelling at us right now. Um, Yeah, 2020. It was 2020. Because that's the year looking at the statistics. Jimmy Garoppolo played six games. CJ Beathard played two. And then Nick Mullins played eight. Yeah. And they were what, six and 10? Six and 10. Yep. Yeah. You can't just put anybody in that system. So rushing that year, Raheem Mostert only played eight games. Uh, Jeff Wilson played 12 games. Uh, Jamichael Hasty only played eight. Tevin Coleman only played eight. Jarek McKinnon was their healthiest running back. He he played sixteen games. Wait, what? Yeah, Jarek McKinnon was the free agent that couldn't get on the field. He they signed him from the Vikings, and I think he blew his knee out like in yeah. week like like early one year and i don't think he got to play the next he went like two full seasons without playing yeah well he played 16 games in 2020 that's hilarious carry the ball 81 times third on the team yeah the jeff wilson led the team in carries he played 12 games 
126 carries for 600 yards. Um, let's see what their wide receivers were like. Yeah, Debo only played seven games. Brandon Ayuk only played 12 games. Kendrick Bourne played in 15. Richie James played 11. Trent Taylor played 12. Yeah, no, like, I don't think anyone on their offense plays two. Never three, mind if we talk three line. Players, three players of skill, skill positions played a full season. Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Juszczyk, and Ross Dwelly, the backup the tight end. Yeah. The, I think, third string tight end <laughs> who became the starting tight end probably after George Kittle and Jordan Reed both got hurt. Jordan Reed. I looked him yeah. up recently. That's so weird that he got hurt. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he never played a full season. <laughs> so yeah, three players, three offensive skill players on the 2020 team played a full 16 games. That was the year they said they got Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu played three games for them. I think they cut him. Probably. They probably just needed a fucking warm body. Yeah. Yeah, that was Fred Warner's rookie year. So he played all 16 games because I'm looking at the defense now. Um, Because like on defense... One, two, three, four, five, six players on defense played a full season. Fred Warner, who was a rookie, Tarvarius Moore, a safety, Kerry Hyder, a D end, uh, Eric Armstead, another D lineman, and Marcel Harris, who's listed as DB, <laughs> was uh, good enough to not be listed at corner or safety. Um, and then Aziz Al Shair. I was to say he probably didn't know what he was playing when he showed up for work that day. Yeah, those are your six players that played all 16 games on defense. Yeah, that was a bad season. Deion Jordan was on that team. <laughs> remember that guy? <laughs> I do remember that guy. Oregon. Yeah, wasn't he Miami? Miami cut him after like one or two seasons. Third he, overall pick. He was the third overall pick. And he got cut. He didn't finish his rookie contract. Yeah. So tough year to be a 49ers fan in 2020. But here we are. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, well, this is interesting since the, we're talking a lot of, of sports just now, I guess, um, to keep it with sports. Uh, sports Illustrated is no more. So I saw this thing the other day that Sports Illustrated informed all of their employees that they would uh, no longer have a job. So Sports Illustrated is shutting down. Now, <clears throat> the folks on Twitter would have you believe that it's because they went woke and because so the first thing most people think of today when they think of Sports Illustrated is the swimsuit models, right? Like back in the day, it was like a reputable uh, sports journalism magazine, right? Like it was a product. Like people would subscribe to Sports Illustrated monthly, 
right? And like that was a thing. Um, and the the magazines came weekly, right? Yeah. Um, it obviously has fallen off. It's not as you know prestigious as it once was, especially now that you know with ESPN and then all these like smaller independent companies like the Athletic, uh, Bleacher Report. Um, around here we have Boston Sports Journal. Like there's all the, like with the the advent of the internet basically killed sports and illustrated. Um, but again, the most people on Twitter would would have you believe that it's because in their last um, swimsuit edition that they put out, the cover model was a trans woman. So, I mean, did that hurt them? Yeah, I mean, probably. Right. Like, I'm sure it didn't help them. It didn't help their sales. Um, but I'm also writing, true... dude, the, the, the method, the method was dying because not only it was like when we were kids, it was weekly. Yeah. Then I think it went to twice a month. Then it went to monthly. Like, dude, this thing was like fucking shit. Like, yeah, yeah. This was going down the shitter no matter what. Right. Right. And that's what I mean. Like, I, I think it was about to die regardless. I don't think that. Like them making a trans woman their their cover model for the swimsuit edition was a direct correlation to them going out of business. Like this has been a long time coming. Um, but again, everyone on Twitter would have you believe that that was exactly what happened. You go woke, you go broke, right? And it's like, well, they are still a major company, right? Like they 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 probably haven't been able to hit their number for quite some time and now they're out of money so they're closing um but either way like i just thought you know it was interesting right that sports illustrated that once upon a time was this you know major sports publication um right like you think like oh that guy wrote for si right and it's like oh my god like i think a lot of guys got their start like didn't buster olney get his start on si um it was like a very it was a very like prestigious thing. Like, oh, you're a writer good. for Sports Illustrated. Yep. Um, now it's gone. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like the same way newspapers are dying out. Like the model, the model doesn't work. Right. And so I have a subscription right now to the golfer's journal. It was a Christmas gift. So what the golf journal is, it's monthly. Is it monthly? Or is it quarterly? <laughs> I think it's monthly. Let's pretend it's monthly. Yeah. It's for a very specific type of person. Right. It's not for every golfer. Because a lot of golfers aren't going to care about what they have to offer. So it comes out. It's not just a magazine. Now, frankly, I don't give a fuck about stuff like that. Right. Some people do. They care about the presentation of the literal thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's not a magazine. It's much more sturdy. It's much more of like a journal type, obviously the golfer's journal, but it's much more of like that, like professionally bound, whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they also, I mean, it's very simple. If you like stories in photography, this is for you. If you don't, then it's not for you. Yeah. Like very easy. And like if you want club reviews and shit like that, then you gotta go somewhere else. 
Um, so I think that's the only way that like print media lives is a really, really high quality product that you can't just get anywhere and speaks to a very specific type of person. Right. Like you will never get a current event sport magazine ever again. No way. Twitter yeah. is way too convenient. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the the list of the former writers here. It's Peter Gammons, John Heyman, um, Jackie McMullen, um, Kenny Moore, Dan Patrick, Jeff Perlman, Rick Riley, uh, Michael Silver, Peter King. Right, Peter King was probably the big one. I think he was there for the longest or the at least the most recent of the big names. Um, but like all those names are huge names and they all used to write for SI and now they don't, right? Or they, they haven't for quite some time. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things, right? Like I think it's interesting that it's gone, it's closing, but also like that people have attributed it to the trans model the oh, trans cover not. model, right? And Sorry. it's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, like, could it have been the the straw that broke the camel's back? Sure, yeah, could have. Um, But it wasn't the only reason. <laughs> Wouldn't even be surprised, dude, if like, again, for the type of person you needed, like, the stories weren't good enough. Yep. The photography wasn't good enough. Like that's but it. Also, like you said too, like why would I go to Sports Illustrated that was a monthly publication when I could get real time information from Adam Schefter and Adrian Wojnarowski and um, you know uh, again Buster Olney, like all these guys who happen to work for ESPN. Although Woj is a Yahoo guy somehow, um, but. But, you know, they're all tied mostly to ESPN, um, but they're all on Twitter. Like Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, like they all like real time update, live tweet the NFL. Like anytime anything happens in the NFL, they got it first. Right. So why would like, I why would I wait for a publication that only comes out once a month? Well, that's the other, and then again, with it, the story has to be compelling enough for me to give a fuck. Right, right. Because then like, even to that that vein of it, right? Like if I wanted something like that, <clears throat> why wouldn't I just subscribe to the Boston Sports Journal? Which is a daily, I'm sure they produce articles daily and it's about the sports teams that I care about, right? Like I'm sure there are other hubs, you know, whether it's Philly, New York, uh, LA, you know, Texas, whether it's Dallas or Houston, like I'm sure they have an equivalent of a Boston sports journal there. You would need to be bringing to the table monthly. Now I'm cherry picking an example, but if you wanted to get me into a subscription, you would have to have exclusive interview with Malcolm Butler about what happened before that Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. won't find this anywhere else. Right. Okay. Yeah. And even like then, not on, it can't be online. Anywhere. You know what sucks is you wait for it to come out and wait for someone to put it on Twitter. Exactly. 
Because someone will someone will buy the the magazine, they'll read the article, and they'll just post it on Twitter. Pretty much. Yeah. So again, and it, but they, and again, you need to bring something like that every month. Like I don't know how you do that. Yeah. And never mind, like these companies, they would if 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 he was going to talk, they would rather do a TV interview with him. Right. More people would see it. Right. Same thing, like. Jamarcus Russell, what really happened? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Football, like, yeah. What in the hell? Like, what in the hell were you doing? Well, they did that with him on Netflix. He has his own Netflix special. Yeah, well, there you go. John, so Johnny, so that, that, that's Manziel. the other thing. That's the other thing, then, for a lot of these guys, the money is not in an interview in a publication. Right. The money is in a Netflix special or a 30 for 30, which probably isn't even that big of a deal anymore. Right. Yeah. The model sucks. It's not that they went woke or whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, all right. Well, you want to wrap this up? We can wrap this up. All right. Uh, quick update on the golf world. Not that anyone gives a fuck. Uh, Lydia Ko won today. She is one win away from being Hall of Fame eligible. Oh, wow. Because the LPGA has a weird Hall of Fame. Like, you meet certain criteria and you're in. You don't get voted. Oh, which okay. I actually, I think is pretty cool. I mean, I think that's probably better. And then in an individual sport, it's a lot easier because it's 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 not just like yards and touchdowns, right? Right, right. Um, it's wins and wins, trophies and accomplishments. That's that's all it is. Right. So you have to get, and it doesn't matter when you get them accomplished. Like there are people who have accomplished it before they were twenty seven, um, but she's one win away, like one point. Uh, and then on the PGA Tour, an amateur won. Oh, he did win. He won. First time since so, 1991? 1991, Phil won as an amateur. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was Scott Verplank. And I want to say, this is something that's only happened maybe like 10 times in history. Now it's PGA Tour, right? Right. So amateurs have won majors like way back in the day. but Because they, like they were all ams. Well, it's, it's like when Francis we met won... It was still in a time where professional golfers was like kind of a shit, uh, like career path. Yeah, well, that well, that was the thing too. Like that's the whole thing with like Bobby Jones, right? Like the, he was an amateur because there was no career in being a pro. Yeah, but the, and there was also a perception back then that like professional golfers. They're not like scabs. Scabs is the wrong word, but it's like it wasn't prestigious to be right. a pro. It was a very like blue collar type thing. Yeah. yeah. So being an am was like well regarded. And it wasn't really until late 30s, 40s where like the professional golfer was kind of like embraced. Yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird thing. 
Um, but yeah, Nick Dunlap, sophomore at Alabama. Yeah. And now and, he has a PGA tour card. Well, I think, but I think he has to turn pro. Right. I don't know how that works. I'd have to see. Yeah. I saw this one thing that is wild and it doesn't make any sense to me. And it's, this is the situation where it comes into play is, is golf, I think in particular. So because golf has a professional and amateur status, right? Like that's a legitimate thing. They, they, they differentiate, right? It's not like in college football, we don't say like, oh, they're amateur football players. Like, no, they're college football players, right? right. So, but like there is an actual distinction in golf for the amateur. And I saw this thing on Twitter where it said college golfers are allowed to accept NIL money, but they're not allowed to take winnings prize from money. prize money. So it's like, <laughs> so you can keep your amateur status and get money from an NIL deal, but you lose your amateur status if you take money from an event. Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Dude, like NIL made so so this is the problem though, because if the USGA had it their way, those college kids would not be able to take NIL money. Right. And for anyone that doesn't know what that NIL means name, image, and likeness, it's the new thing that the NCAA passed like two years ago now. Two or three years ago, I forget. Um, where it allowed college athletes to receive money, um, because for the longest time they weren't allowed to receive money. Right now, now they can. So, if the USGA had it their way, those kids would not be allowed to take that money. Right. So, as a result, the USGA had to change their rules. So it also because it used to be. It actually used to be somewhat simple. They like the way the amateur rules were written were that you were not allowed to earn income based on your skill of golf. So winning a golf tournament, prize money, your skill. Teaching other people how to play in exchange for money. Right. Was not allowed. Um But then when things got a little blurry, it's like, oh, this dealership wants me to come and do a commercial. Can I get paid for that? It's like, oh, well, you're an amateur. No. And it's like, yeah, but this has nothing to do with my – like, yeah, I'm not using my skill of golf here. I'm using my reputation as a golfer here. Right. Oh, nope. No, no, no. Right. But now they're allowed to do that stuff. So the USGA changed their rules. Yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> yeah, well again, well so this is but this is the thing though. It's like amateur golf is a thing. Like there's a whole set of tournaments just right. amateur golf. So it's like right. you do Absolutely. So in golf you do actually have to draw the line. Right. Right. No, what I mean is like the whole situation is stupid. Like I don't yeah. I'm it's I I particularly don't care one way or the other whether or not they get paid or don't. I just think, like I said, like golf is the one sport, like you just said, like where they actually differentiate between amateur and pro. 
And again, as you just said, there are a host of events specifically only for amateurs. Right. But the top college players are allowed to accept money through NIL deals and are still considered amateurs. So Nick Dunlap, he's into the Masters no matter what because he won in the calendar his, year. His one today, his win today, and he also won the USAM. So either one, he's okay. In. He's fully exempt on the PGA Tour through 2026, no matter what. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I thought he had to turn pro. He does not get the 1.5 million winners check from today. <laughs> Second place gets it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That's one of those, like, can I just turn pro before I sign my card type yeah. of deal? Like, That's <laughs> like, um, is it movie Benchwarmers? Where he has the card, just like the piece of paper, just write, I am pro. I'm pro now. Okay. Pay me my money. <laughs> yep. Uh, if he turns pro, he gets into the signature events. I'm guessing okay. he turns pro tomorrow. Yeah, because those are fucking huge money. Yeah. Yeah. And he's exempt. Right. So if he turns pro tomorrow, that means he has to leave school, right? I mean, he can still be a student. He well, he can play. still be a student, but he can't play on the Alabama yeah. team. Yeah, not play. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I would just turn pro. Like, you have to. Like, I think I, I don't see how you don't. Yeah. You, especially the list of names of guys that have won one PGA Tour event is extensive right like the name of the names of of guys that have won two is significantly smaller yes right like you just won a pga tour event as a 20 year old however old he is you know college student you turn pro and you collect the the paychecks that you're well, about the other to thing because he's in to the masters which that's an easier cut to make. Right. He's into the signature events where there is no cut. Right. And I think he's only missed one. Yeah, it was the sentry. And if you do turn pro now, then you are in line to earn FedEx Cup points. Maybe. I don't know how that works. There could be something goofy where he might not be eligible because he was an AM. Yeah. Would he, if he turned pro, would he be eligible for rookie of the year? I think so. He has to. I mean, to why pro. not? Yeah. He has to. Yeah. I mean, that's the move. Like, you, you have to. You have to. If you don't, like, that's just dumb. And I think he's in like the farmers. Like, I don't think, I think he's in that. He's in that because if you finish top 10, mm -hmm. you would have got in anyway. Yeah. I mean, the kid's nasty. Like, he's the first like kid to win US Junior Am and US Am since Tiger. No, oh, he wow. just won a P he just won a PGA tour event as like a twenty year old kid. Yeah. Nineteen year old kid, something like that. 
Yeah. So he can inevitably flame out in three years like everyone else. <laughs> or it'll be fucking nasty. Like, I don't know. Like, that's that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, well, no, I mean, like, no, we've we've done this. This is like our Netflix, it's all circular talk. Like, we've talked about no one in golf has staying power like a million times, right? Whether it was Spieth or uh, Jason Day or just pick a name, Justin Thomas, like Rory, like all these guys, like, they were super dominant for like a year or two, even Kepka, right? Like there was like one, two, three years where they were like Uber, like tiger level dominant. And then they just fell off the fucking map. Right. I think we said Dustin Johnson was probably the closest thing. He's probably the most consistent. Yeah. And now Rom's on live. I was going to say Rom, if you give Rom a couple more years, maybe him, but right. He's on live now. So that changes that. Yeah. So yeah, this this kid's good. Him and Ludwig going at it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is he American? Oh yeah. I mean, I assumed he because he went to Alabama, but Southern. Yeah, <laughs> but you never know, right? Like Rom went to Arizona State. He's from Spain, and there's a um, picture of him hunting. Yeah, Victor went to Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much all do. Yeah. But I feel like Alabama is not a draw for international students. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? Like the international North students go to like, you know, whether it's Cal or Arizona State or Oklahoma State. UCLA. Like one of, yeah, UCLA. Like they... Like more more renowned school. They don't go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah, or like Stanford or something like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Or like, they'll go to Oklahoma State because it's historically the best golf program. Right, right. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone from Norway. You're going to Ole Miss. <laughs> no, anyone from like Norway, Sweden, like that part of the world is going to find Tuscaloosa, Alabama attractive. I'm taking my towns to Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So. All right. Um, what is my final thought going to be? I have two that could be really good. I'm trying to just decide which one is more uh, pertinent. Um, I'll stick with, um, I'll go with the one from today because the one I'll use, I'll use on Tuesday is a little less timely. It's just a funny story that I'm a fucking jackass. So this morning, right. Um, my mom came down cause she wanted to see the baby and the whole thing. So, um, she was here this morning and Amy and I, we're like, oh, you know, you want to go get breakfast somewhere? So we were like, yeah, sure. So my mom watched the baby. We went out to breakfast at Morin's in Attleboro. Shout out to to Morin's. Uh, great spot. Um, really good food. Great. Every time I've been there, everything has always been great. Um, they do like, they're one of those places that does like uh, like Instagram drinks. Right? Like you can order like like. They make them look really cool. Like we got like a, it was a donut flavored, like boozy coffee and they bring it out and they put a donut, like an old fashioned donut around the straw. And like, you know what I mean? Like they do like, they dress up their drinks so you can like take pictures of it on Instagram. Um, But they're good, right? Drinks are good. Food is good. Like it's, it's a solid spot. 
So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on, on Moritz. So again, it's in Attleboro, downtown like Attleboro. So not the biggest area, um, not the easiest place to get in and out of, relatively small parking lot. There is a lot across the street though. And the place itself, there's two entrances, right? So if we start, let's go left to right, right? So the there's because there's three sections of this restaurant. If you start with the left section, it's uh, like your classic like diner, right? It looks like a diner. There's a there's a bar with stools, right? Like the little spinny circle stools, and there's probably maybe seven or eight booths, right? So that's like your first section, right? Uh, an old timey diner look, right? And then there's the middle room. The middle room is like your classic like breakfast spot. There's regular like square and rectangle standalone tables. And then there's a couple booths along one side, maybe like four booths and then like, you know, eight to 10 tables somewhere in there. And then the third room, the room on the right is a bar. So it's a pretty big bar, um, like a classic traditional bar, not like a diner bar. Um, so full bar, I don't know, may call it 20 seats at the bar, something like that. And then there's like 10 high tops, right? And that's it. That's the whole place, right? So they do they do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Like that's their whole thing. They Instagram all their stuff, like Sunday brunch, yada, yada, right? So we get there probably around like 9.30, 9.45. Um, and it's a little busy, but we sit down in the diner, the diner section and we get a booth and we're like, all right, cool. And then all of a sudden, there's like a fuck ton of people out of nowhere. And I overhear the one person from this group go, oh, we're a party of 13. And the hostess looks at them and goes, um, you're going to have a very long wait. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's going to be a while before we can seat you. And they were like, okay, no big deal. So the thing about Morin's, right, is again, they're the Instagram drink place. All the fucking people love to go there, take pictures of their drinks because they look cool. And they only serve alcohol starting at 10 o'clock, right? So again, we got there like 9.30, 9.45 before the rush, whatever. Right, This was right around 10 o'clock where it just got fucking packed. So I'm sitting there, you know, Amy and I are sitting there and we're talking. We're like, What? would possess a group of 13 people to come to a place that's not that big, right? So to seat 13 people, basically, they would have to sit in the middle room, right? Because that's the only place that has freestanding tables they'd have to put together. They'd take up all of the freestanding tables to fit 13 people in that middle room. So that's ridiculous, right? And then you also do it at 10 o'clock. And I know it was some party, right? And they wanted to be there at 10 so they could get alcohol. Like that's the whole thing, right? You want to get booze. You you got to get booze. You can't order it till 10 o'clock. But like with that many people, why wouldn't you plan to get there at like 9.15 and then just spend 40, like spend at least 45 minutes there. And then when it turns 10 o'clock, order your drinks. Like, I mean, then, they, didn't, they didn't seem to have much trouble with waiting. Well, because then this gets even better. 
there's like even more people, right? So then you have this group of 13 that's like standing in the the walkway in between the diner part and the middle room. Um, so they're taking up a fuck ton of space. The waitresses can't move around because there's so many people in here. At one point, the one of the waitresses was like, guys, like we can't do this. Like some of you need to go wait outside because we can't move in here. So again, the place isn't that big. So then they're they're hanging out up there. There's a couple people come in. They're like, oh, what are what are you? Party of two, party of four, you know, party of two, whatever. They go, they sit, they do whatever they got to do. Then it gets like really more busy. And then the uh, the hostess comes around the group of 13 and goes, oh, what, what do you have? And they go, oh, we're a party of eight. And it's like, the hostess just looked at them and was like, there's a party of 13 in front of you. Like, I can't tell you how long this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they were just like, okay. Like it was like, like whatever. So then it's, it's legit standing room only in the diner. Right. And like, that's, that's, that's fucking, it's, it looks like, um, what was the name of that place? Bogart's in Bridgewater, right? The bar in Bridgewater that we used to go to in college. It was like shoulder to shoulder. Like this was before the waitress like yelled at everyone to go stand outside. There was a group, this was probably around like 1030 ish. Now there was a group of, you guessed it, uh, white girls in their probably mid twenties. Right. And they come in and they go, Oh, Hey, Hey, like, Oh, oh I'm fucking, Melissa, like, oh, how how's it going? Whatever, and all that bullshit. And the hostess comes over and goes, oh, you know, how many? And they go, we have five. So normally, right, like a party of five isn't that big of a deal. But when you have a party of 13 and a party of eight, and then you have a party of five, there's there's no room to do anything anywhere. The place is absolutely fucking like sardine packed. And Amy and I are sitting there like trying to eat. And I can hear like there's people next to me be like, oh, wow, that looks really good. Is that in a skillet? That looks. And I'm sitting there like, don't fucking like leave me alone. Like, don't talk to me. Don't like watch my over my shoulder while I'm eating. Like, what the fuck? Like, and I was like, this, this is insane. Right. But it's just everyone showed up. From 10 o'clock on. Yeah, for the booze. But like, you couldn't fucking plan better? On a no, Sunday. Their big thing on is Sunday brunch, right? Booze starts at 10 o'clock. Oh, what time you want to get there? I don't know. Let's plan like 9.15, 9.30 so we beat the rush. Oh, well, they don't sell booze until 10. Yeah, but we. Are, what are you going to do? Like, are you planning on eating in five minutes and getting out of there in 15 minutes. Like we'll hang out and then we can get drinks from the bar when it turns 10 o'clock. Maybe we'll walk around the corner and sit at the bar. Right. Like, I don't know. It's just figure it out. Right. Like, or if you know, you have a party of 13 fucking call the place. Cause it was a party. It was like people walked in with like happy birthday boxes and balloons and shit. And it's yeah, like that would have been that would have been my move being like, hey, I know you guys don't do reservations. Because I assume they don't. Yeah, they don't. Because they, they don't like, have like a room. And it's like or maybe they do in the in like the very back. Well, no, not even like a function hall, just like 
again, you can't reserve like a table for four or whatever. Right. And just be like, Hey, I'm coming by with 13 people. And we plan to, we plan to get there at 10. Like just letting you know. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the heads up. We'll do what we can, whatever. Right. But it also gives the hostess the option to be like, Hey, you know, if you come at nine 30, that's going to make your life a lot fucking easier. Right. But also these people didn't seem to give a fuck. Yeah, because they were there. Well, that's the other thing, too. With a party of 13, you're there for a birthday party. You're going to spend more than 30 minutes at this place, right? Like, I think it's safe to say you're going to spend more than 30 minutes here. So why not get there the half hour before they sell booze and then just order your drinks at 10 o'clock? Listen to the thing. That's not me. So I would never do such a thing. Yes, agree. Nor, nor would you. Right. These people, again, it doesn't sound like they really gave a fuck. Yeah. Now it does fuck up kind of everything else. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if you're a table of four and you show up and there's six tables of four ahead of you, you're waiting a fucking long time. Yeah. Like no matter what. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's hard to get 13. I don't even know. Like, dude, I don't know what the fuck kind of math you need to do to <laughs> fucking figure that one out. I've never worked in a restaurant, so I don't know how that like works. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, you need 13, but like, you can't just like not serve people. So it's like, how do you draw the line? How do you pick and choose? I don't fucking know. Not me. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, again, I wouldn't do it that way, but these people didn't seem to care. They didn't throw like a fit or anything, did they? No, they were all just okay. fucking hanging yeah, so out. So then, then in my opinion, no harm, no foul. As long as they didn't throw a fucking fit about it. Yeah. Um, Had they been like, Oh, we're a table of 13. It's like, it's going to be a long time. They're like, <laughs> oh, really? Well, what the fuck did you expect? Yeah. It's like, hey, like, we can't move in here. Like, some people need to go outside. Oh, it's kind of cold outside. Do we really have to go out there? Yes. There's yeah. too many of you. Yeah. We can't do our job. <laughs> so if they didn't, if they didn't make a big stink, no, I, in my opinion, if they didn't make a stink, no harm, no foul. I'm good with that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I could, I could never live my life in that level of, like that level of chaos yeah too much <laughs> well it's like like the poor hostess like her face right because she has yeah. to she has to come around the corner to like every time to check and see who else is in the line so she like i said after the the group of 13 people she's like plucking off like all right you're a party of two well there's a spot over there in the bar and then there's a booth over there that's available if you want it right like she's She's doing her hostess job, doing all this until she gets to the party of eight. <laughs> and then when she gets to the party of eight, it's like, well, fuck, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And then Again, so, I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. Yeah. So she so now there's like the party of 13 is hanging out. The party of eight is hanging out. And now she has to go behind the party of eight and be like, oh, you're a party of three. OK, well, there's a booth on that over here that we can fit you in. And then she gets to the party of five, right? And her face just when she, and the girl, the girl said, oh, we're a party of five. Like her face just dropped. And she was like, I, there's nothing I can do at this point. I can't fit five people behind a group of 13 and eight. So like everyone is fucked. And then as we, as we got up and left, literally the line was out the door and on the sidewalk. <laughs> so it's one of those, uh, if you're trying to go for Sunday brunch somewhere, just fucking get there before 10 o'clock. Right? Like it's. You're missing the point. 
They don't care. Yeah. They don't. They're just dumb. Just make sure you go before tax. Well, yes, and that's then you true. don't have to deal with those idiots. No, that's what I mean. Like if you want to go to Sunday and brunch, as a, like as a general rule, I'm just going to avoid Sunday brunch altogether. Yeah, ten o'clock, not ten o'clock. Fucking six a.m. I don't care. I'm not going. Yeah, and I mean, we didn't even intend to go to brunch. Like, we just want it. Just happened to be. By the time my mom got there, we hung out for a little bit, and then when we were like, "Oh shit, we haven't eaten breakfast yet." Um. And it's like, well, you want to go get something somewhere. And yeah, so it was like, you know, 9.15 before we even left the house. So it was um, it was just one of those. And then we just happened to stroll into the Sunday brunch crowd. But I mean, again, the place itself is fantastic, right? And that's why it's packed <laughs> or it was right. packed. Well, that's that's the... Okay. That's the... the double-edged sword right exactly like the reason you get what you get is because of your reputation right right and the thing i got was called the hash smash skillet it's uh it was corned beef hash um i think onions and peppers and topped with uh like hash browns and then they crack two eggs on it and cook the two eggs and then cover it with uh whatever, like Colby Jack cheese or something like that. And they cook it in a cast iron skillet. So like they cook it up and then they probably just like toss it in the oven really quick and then pull it out and bring it to you in like, a, again, a cast iron skillet. Um, it's fucking delicious. But, you know, it's it's one of those, like you said, it's a, uh, you know, it's really good. So a lot of people are going to go there all the time. <laughs> like when I wait a half an hour at the Italian store for a sandwich sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I know that going in. Right. Right. Oh, I did get through on the phone yesterday. Oh. Did you ever find out, do you know if, um, what is the place? Bella? What the fuck was it called? The field house? Is that still open? Oh yeah, it is. Oh, okay. It's good. Yeah, I get emails. I get emails. Roses, right? Roses. Roses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That place was uh was solid. But all right. Well, that's gonna do it for us. Uh thank you for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh don't forget to hit subscribe up above, hit the like button down below. Uh subscribe if you're an audio only guy as well. Uh spread the word, tell everybody you know about the show. You get us on Instagram at sarcasm speaks pod. Twitter is sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks. Website is sarcasmspeaks.com. Uh, you go to the merch store, buy some merch, and also uh, check out all of the sponsors in the show notes below. Uh, all of the promo codes and links and everything you need to get your discounts are below. Uh, so check those out and support all those guys. Um, that's going to do it for us. Uh, so until next time, good night, everybody. Good night.